balmy 76 when I got in here. chorus to uh, the bridge. So the second time through the chorus to the bridge, we're trying to figure out what that transition is. I don't think it's a turnaround. No, it's just uh, it's just old song to another one. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. 
All right, thank you guys so very much for great worship. Appreciate Keith's passion for our church. I think that that's about as many words as he spoke from here that I've ever known of. <laughs> so I know he's, he's uh, sincere and uh, loves our church, and I, I love him for that as well, and his, his heart. Uh, he mentioned some things that we certainly have need of. You know, this virus has taken away a lot from us as a church, and all of our churches, really. Uh, it's caused us to draw back instead of going forward. To me, always, my vision for the kingdom of God was advancement. You, you didn't retreat, but you advanced. And we need to get into that mindset again where we are going forward in our actions and or our plans to see Jesus Christ glorified. And so I want to encourage you to be a part of that. Thank God for a church that always looks forward. It's never thought that there was a challenge too big uh, or too exciting for the Lord. And so appreciate that. So we want to take back and hold on to the things that are valuable to us as a church. You know, over the last few Sundays, I've been sharing with you some things that we really need to hold on to. Uh, things like the Bible, we have to keep the Word of God center in our church and the message of our church. Really, if we don't have the Bible or don't use the Bible, we don't have a message at all. And the center of the, that, that message from God, the Bible, is the gospel. 
You know, we can't substitute the gospel message for another message. Or we can't compromise the gospel message or change it or water it down. We talked about worship, uh, how inevitable worship is for the believer. In other words, if we're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, we're going to worship. Somehow, some way, we'll, we'll worship Him. We also talked about our mission for the Lord Jesus Christ, how fundamental that mission is of reaching people with the good news of Jesus Christ. And so all those things are critical to the life of the church. But in that understanding, we have to realize that the church is important also. And we need to value what the church is and how important it is to not only our lives as believers, but to the world. Uh, You know, when you think about what the Scripture reveals about the church, you know, in Ephesians chapter 5, the church is the bride of Christ. Scripture says that He gave up His life for her. The church is valuable to the Lord Jesus Christ. If we belong to Him, then it's valuable to us as well. Through the book of Acts, throughout the book of Acts, the Bible says that Jesus was adding and multiplying the church. The church grew. He blessed it. And if it's important, then he, it is by virtue of the fact that he has added to it. He continues to add to his church today, those that are saved. And so by, by, by virtue of that, it's important that we realize that God has a plan that he uses the body of Christ, the church. And so it's, it's important. He gifted the church, right, with spiritual gifts. He's given the church enablements. Uh, abilities, tools to build his kingdom with. He's invested in his church. Now, that has to be important, right? Um, scripture tells us that he's commissioned and he's commanded his church concerning the gospel of Jesus Christ. That he's come to empower his church through his Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8 talks about that, doesn't it? That when the Spirit came, that the Spirit gives the church power to be witnesses of Him. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Now that's important. If Jesus chose to give His church power, then it's just got to be important. It's got to be important. He calls the church to commemorate His death and resurrection every time we come together on a Sunday morning. You're here on the first day of the week because we're celebrating His death and burial resurrection. That Jesus Christ died for us, He was buried, and that He lives today, and we acknowledge that as believers. Every time you get in your car on Sunday morning and you start it up and you point it toward the church and you come here, you're giving a testimony, I believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's important. To be here, gathered together with other believers. And we can talk about serving the Lord, and we can do that. And we can be the body in service, but listen, we have to be with the body occasionally. To enjoy the service of the Lord. His promise is that He's coming for His church. Now listen, if the church didn't mean very much to Jesus, then why would He come for it? Scripture says He's coming in full glory. 
He's going to manifest himself in, in, in all of his brightness and glory. He's going to come for his church. They shout the voice of an archangel. Dead in Christ rise first. Those who are alive remain will be changed and be caught up together to meet him in the air. He's coming for his church. Why? Because it's important to him. He loves his church. And so, it's important to us as well. I want you to follow with me in Acts chapter 2. And I want us to look at a few verses. and Maybe we can further consider that thing of importance about the church. Listen to what the scripture says. Acts chapter 2 verse 40 through the end of the chapter. And with many other words he testified and exhorted them saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship, in breaking of bread and in prayer. And then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among uh, all as Anyone had need. And so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Pray with me if you would this morning. Father in heaven, we are so very thankful that you created the thing called the church. That you manifest your love and grace and mercy now through the body of Christ, the church. Thank you, Lord, that you so designed that church to be not only universal, but to be local. To be the composite of all believers, but yet also to use believers where they're, where they're physically at to reach and to teach and to share about how good and wonderful you are. So, Lord, I pray this morning that you would just, uh, again, through your word, teach us. Change our, our, our thoughts where they need to be changed. Change our beliefs where they need to be changed. But, Lord, speak to us about this very important thing. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, as you... Consider what the book of Acts is. There's three things I want you to consider with me. One of those is the fact that the church is a place where decisions are manifested. Where someone who's a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ can make that decision known. Where they can uh, live out that new relationship that they have with Jesus Christ. And so look at verse 40 with me and, and the scripture says, remember in Acts chapter 2, Peter's preaching. I mean, he preaches this dynamic message. And once he begins to share and draw that to a conclusion, people are receiving Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. All of a sudden, listen, thousands were hearing the message, being saved. I mean, it's the, maybe the greatest revival that's ever taken place in one day. Uh, and so he's preaching this dynamic message about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so people are coming. Uh, to, to faith in Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden, the, the church is born uh, on this particular day. The Holy Spirit comes. 
the church begins, the body of Christ. And so now this is some of the things that happen after that. What does the church become? What, what's it supposed to look like then and today? And, and some of the things are, it, it really is a place where when someone has made a decision of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, can make that decision known or group together with other believers to make that decision known. Listen to what verse 40 says, first of all. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. What was Peter preaching? He was preaching belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. He was calling those to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, to turn away from the perverse world they were living in and, and, and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, listen, do you think that we have a message to share today like Peter did? I really believe that we did. I think if we'll be honest and look at the world today, we'll have to admit that it is corrupt, that it is perverse, that there's things about this world uh, that when God calls us to himself, that he wants us to turn away from and begin to follow him and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's what Peter was preaching. He was preaching belief in Christ, and that would lead to a life that was changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Be saved from this perverse world. You see, if we have to be saved from something, then the opposite or the understanding of that is that we must be being destroyed by it. Right? Or it must be causing us harm, and so we need to be saved from it. If all of a sudden you're, somebody's attacking you and you're hollering out, save me, save me, what do you do? Happen? You want away from that destruction. You want away from that peril. And you want somebody to come in and rescue you. That's exactly what Jesus Christ does. Peter was preaching that message of salvation. God calls us to himself. He calls us out of this world and to himself into a relationship with him. The church is full of people who have heard the call and believe in him. Right? That's what we're here about. Or you may be here today and you're considering that call. Or you're listening to that call and you're in the process of coming to the Lord Jesus Christ and believing Him. Or you've already made that decision. But whatever it is, the, the, the church is the place where we all come together and where we live out, manifest that new relationship that we have in Jesus Christ. We're encouraged by it. Listen to what Paul writes to, to Peter or to Timothy, I'm sorry, in Second Timothy chapter one. He says, Who has saved us, talking about Christ, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purposes, and grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. So Paul's saying to Timothy that God calls people out of the world. He calls believers to himself. And in that calling to himself, he has a plan, a purpose for their lives. You see, Jesus wants to do some pretty incredible things in the believer's life. And so he's calling people to himself. The church is populated with people whose lives are being changed. If we're here today and we belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, then there's, there's no way that God isn't going to be dealing with us, speaking to us, working in us uh, to bring us to a closer relationship with Him. And so, what is one of the ways that our, our, our decisions manifest? is belief in Jesus Christ. That's what the church preaches. 
to turn from your sin, repent, to turn to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Peter preaches it. It's what we preach 2,000 years later, is that you must believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I love what Paul says when he talks about this process of change. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, if the, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. It's that process of changing transformation in a believer's life. And where does that, where does that happen? It happens in a believer's life, but also in the fellowship of church. It's important. Now, not only belief in Christ, not only place to manifest the decision, or it's not <laughs> the, the only time, uh, but, but he goes on to say, verse 41... Uh, he says that uh, then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added. So he's talking about being baptized like Jesus, isn't he? Now listen, uh, I want to tell you, we, we certainly believe here at Garrison Baptist Church that baptism is not uh, salvation. You're not saved by your baptism, but you're baptized because you're saved. Uh, it, it's that uh, act of obedience. Those who were Those who gladly received his word were baptized. You see, it's almost automatic, isn't it? That we put our faith in Jesus Christ and we want to demonstrate that faith or we want to show that faith uh, by by being baptized. Now think about baptism for just a minute. It's important. Uh, It's important in our lives as believers. Listen, Jesus exampled baptism, didn't he? I mean, Jesus himself went down to where John was baptizing, came to John, says, hey, you baptize me. And John basically said, I need to be baptized by you. But, but Jesus said, you baptize me. And John baptized Jesus. God was pleased with it. The father said, this is my beloved son, who I'm well pleased. So, so right, his example should be a testimony of how important baptism is. Uh, not only that, but it, but it ought to be the, the manner of baptism, like Jesus is baptized. But also, the church is commanded to baptize. What did Jesus say to the church in Matthew 28? Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. It's got to be important, doesn't it? And, and so, the meaning is powerful. What it means, doesn't it? I mean, when we have baptisms here at church, it's, it's that public profession of faith by someone who believes in Jesus Christ. And baptism is a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's, it's a picture of their desire to want to walk in newness of life following the Lord Jesus Christ. That's important. So let me just say this morning, if you're here today and you believe in Jesus Christ, if you've never been baptized, then get baptized. It's important. It's important to you. It's important to the church. Uh, and so uh, it's a place, the church becomes the place where that expression of faith can be manifest. As well as your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now, so let me give you number two. The church not only is a place where decisions can be manifested, but the church is also a place where disciples are made, where followers of the Lord Jesus Christ are made, where we begin to grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. God designed the church for that very thing. He commissioned the church to do that. 
I mean, that's our business. If we had a business model, let me tell you what the, the heart of our business model is. Make disciples. Make disciples, followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 42. You see that idea of making followers. He says in verse 42, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Now, what's the apostles' doctrine? The word doctrine means teachings. Listen, the apostles, let me just say it very simply. The apostles were teaching the Bible. All right? So these apostles were teaching the Bible. And so, so what were they doing? They were making followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. They were teaching them the Word of God. What's the responsibility of our church today? It's to teach the Word of God. It's to make known the principles and, and, and the, uh, the, the commandments of God. Make those known. Uh, teach the Word of God. And so in doing so, we make uh, followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so... They were continually, where, where was the church? What were these new believers doing? They were, they were being taught the Word of God. They were coming. They were, being, they, they were submissive to the teaching. They were listening. And then they went out every single day. And they lived out the things that they learned for the Lord Jesus Christ about Him. Right? Uh, another thing, if you look on in verse 42, that the church also... Uh, has at the center of it is not only followers of Jesus Christ, but fellowship. You see, followers fellowship <laughs> with each other. Why? Because we need that fellowship. We, we need to be encouraged by each other because we're, we're, we're moving toward the same goal. And so we're partners in this thing. Somebody said, uh, you, you know, it's important that we fellowship together. The Greek word here is koinonia. And it means sharing or participating or, or being partners or in partnership with other believers. That's what he's talking about. Verse 42, and uh, fellowship in breaking of bread and in prayers. And so he mentions this thing about fellowship. Christian fellowship is based on Christ. On Christ Jesus and our relationship with him. Our salvation, our Savior, our experience, our faith our calling, our service, our future, they're all bound up together in Jesus Christ. So, so no matter what, our relationship with each other as believers is inescapable. I mean, one day, if we're really a believer in the Lord Jesus God, if we've really been born again, then, then our, our whole destiny is bound up together in Christ. And so we need to fellowship together and experience that fellowship because it, it strengthens all of us in that. Uh, he goes on in verse 42 and he talks about focus. Uh, a disciple is focused. Somebody who's focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, he mentions in breaking of bread and in prayers. The, word, the phrase in breaking of bread probably means the Lord's Supper. It, it probably means that they came together to observe the Lord's Supper. And in prayers. And so that focus, what, what's the Lord's Supper all about? What did Jesus say? As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Jesus says, look, remember me. I, keep your focus on me is what Jesus says. And, and as church, that's what we ought to encourage. We ought to pray for is that all of us together, our focus is on the Lord Jesus Christ. That we keep our eyes on him. And, and that we, we keep our intentions and our desires on Him. What, what happens when our eyes begin to wander? <laughs> or our desires begin to wander? We get in all kinds of trouble, don't we? 
Uh, amen, I tell you. And so we help each other keep our focus on Jesus Christ as a, as a church. And so that's important. And, and he talks about prayer. You know, prayer is that ultimate surrendered dependence on the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and when we pray as believers, well, what are we doing? We're just affirming to the Lord that, hey, Lord, we love you. You're in control. We need you. You know, help us. <laughs> And, and so all that is our, our focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, the person who's not praying is not focused on Jesus Christ. Because if you're focused on Him, you can't help but to pray. And so it reminds us of our focus. Verse 43, he uses another word the disciples need, need to understand. That's the word fear. Now, you know, we, we talked about the song, different kind of fear than what Zach Williams is singing about. Okay, that fear is a liar. This fear is a different kind of fear. This fear is the kind of fear that, that it's really the, the, the reverence of Almighty God. It's to be in wonder of who He is. Verse 43 says, Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. In other words, they were taken back in awe of the power of God, and, and that was manifested through the apostles, but yet God is wonderful. He's incredible. And so as disciples, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, you, you know, if we really step back and, and, and really take who God is in, <laughs> then, boy, we just have to shake our heads and wonder. He's amazing. He's in- incredible. He's too much for me to comprehend. And that's fear. That's fear. That incredible reverence, respect, sense of awe and wonder of who God is. And his disciples. That's what happens. Now, one, one other thing about disciples as well, and that, that's if you look at verses 44 and 45, that's faith. You know, the disciple has faith. That, I mean, if we don't have faith, we're not going to follow God. If we don't have faith in Him, we're not going to be a disciple. We're not going to follow Him. He says in verse 44, he says, And uh, all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they sold their possessions as good as divided them among themselves as, as anyone had to say. You know what? How faith manifested itself early in the church? Faith manifests itself in love. In love. Do you know how faith manifests itself in the church 2,000 years later? Love. Love. Uh, they looked around them in the early church. The early church had some unique needs because those who were being called, there was such heavy persecution in the early church that people were losing their homes, they were losing their jobs, their families were turning their back on them, all their support system was gone. You know what the church did? Stepped up and says, hey, let's help. Let's help. And so they helped each other. Because they loved each other. Now, you, you know, our circumstances change today. Sometimes people need physical help. But, you know, most of the time I've found out in the church what people need more than anything is emotional help. They need to know that they're loved and that they're thought about and that they're cared for and that they're missed and that they're special and that by the church and by the Lord, they're, they're loved. And so we can do that, right, as a church. Every one of us can do that as a church member. 
We need to be doing that very thing, exercising that faith uh, so that we'll be uh, a follower of Jesus Christ. And so the church makes disciples. And then finally, the third thing I want you to see about this passage of Scripture that really speaks about how important the church is, is that the church magnifies devotion. Devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, we as a church, we need to lift up devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ. It needs to be something that we highlight, that we uh, speak about, that we encourage is devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, how, how does that happen? A couple of things that he says here in verse 46 is one of them. And that devotion is, is really highlighted through worship is one way. Worship. We devoted to the Lord Jesus Christ and we're going to worship him. Uh, he says in verse 46, So continuing daily with one accord in the temple. <laughs> it's like, oh, does that mean that we're going to have a church every day? No, <laughs> It doesn't. I, that, I don't know. Uh, we're, we're not. Uh, but what it is, it's really an encouragement into regularity. Regularity. You see, for them, their schedule was every day. They met every day. They went up to the temple. They worshiped God. They were used to that. So they followed that pattern. And they went up and, and they, they worshiped the Lord Jesus Christ through teaching, through psalms through songs through those different ways that we praise god as well and so they worship regularly now listen regular worship isn't coming once a month that's not regular you know it's more than that uh, you say well brother mike you're just picking on us you're here today and i thank god for you i just i'm just reminding myself and, and everybody else who's here and those who might be listening somewhere is that that regular is 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 more than that, and, and so they came and they regularly worship worship the Lord. Now, regular worship should be daily in the sense that we do it personally, but also regularly in the sense that we come together corporately as the church, because there's dynamics that happen in personal worship worship that doesn't happen in corporate worship, but there's things that happen in corporate worship that'll never happen in personal worship, and we need them both. And so we come together regularly to meet with each other. And, and together as a group, we praise the Lord. Right? Listen, if this earth is about being trained for heaven, then we're going to be gathered together in heaven with each other. And so we better test it here, right? Worshiping together. And so it's important. And then also in verse 46 and, and, and after that, that, that our devotion should be magnified in the church through witness, through our witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. It, it, he goes on to say, In breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. There's one way that we witness, isn't it, is that we're grateful. Isn't that simple? That one of the ways that we can witness for Jesus Christ is just have an attitude of gratitude. I, I mean, if we went out in, on our job or out in the world or wherever we go every day, and we were just people that were so thankful... You know, thank you, Lord, for life. Thank you for getting me up on time. Thank you for giving me the strength to come to work. Thank you for doing all the things that you do. Just grateful. They were glad 
every single day. And in that gratitude, there's a testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. You know? Look, if we, if we profess to be believers and go out in the world today and, and, and everything we say is critical, if we complain, uh, if we, we put down everything, who wants to be that? Who wants to be that kind of person? You're not drawing people to Jesus Christ. You're pushing them away. Uh, another thing that he says in verse 46, he says, gladness and simplicity of heart uh, uh, is important, but also he said breaking bread. Here's another thing. Is, is that how we, you know, fellowshipping, how we treat other people. You know, the Bible says, how, how are we identified as followers of Jesus Christ? Jesus said it, that they'll know that you're mine if you have Love for one another. Right? If we love each other, then that's a testimony, a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. He says in verse 47, another one is with our words, praising God. Verse 47, praising God and having favor with all people. Right? Here's a a group of people that loved each other, that were grateful for their salvation, and that they went out and they praised God. And so they witnessed. As, as a church, as Garrison Baptist Church, we have to magnify that kind of devotion through worship and through our witness to give Jesus Christ glory in His church forever and ever. Amen. The church is important. Don't give up on the church. See it for what Christ created it to be. Find out where you fit in. And then do what God calls you to do. Pray with me if you would. Father in heaven, I'm so thankful today that you have given us such a great thing as the church. It's your body. It's your bride. It's your love. It's made up of your people. Lord, we're each one a spiritual stone set in a place, a habitation of worship for you and to you. So, Lord, help us to see the value and how important it is. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to invite you guys to stand this morning, if you would. We stand together and Sing a verse or so of invitation this morning. God may be inviting you today. God may be calling you to come to Him. To be saved. To put your faith and your trust in Him. Scripture says today is the day of salvation. It's not something you need to weigh about. But it's something you need to be sure about this morning. You may be here today, and for the first time you've been reminded. You believe in Jesus Christ. You know He's your Savior. You know that He's forgiven your sins, but you've never been baptized. Uh, it's t- time to do that. Uh, this morning, if you just want to come and say, Hey, Brother Mike, I, I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, but I, I just want to be baptized. I, I want to take His example and respond to Him in that way. Maybe other decisions. It may be, Lord, I want to commit to your body this great thing called church and I want to participate in the life of the church you can make that decision as well maybe other things that 
on your heart this morning that God's urging you, calling you to come, to do, to make those kind of decisions. And you come and do that this morning.